Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 139 of SwiftCast. This is Adam, Ashley, and Steph. And as usual, we have a great episode for you guys today with some older tweets, some Swifty problems, some fashion, and we'll take a look at Taylor's upcoming calendar and news. And we even have an old MySpace post. I'm excited for that. They've been sort of circulating around Twitter lately. I think someone made an account that posts them, and I'd love when they come up in my timeline. It's like literally going in a time capsule. Yeah, I've seen that account too on Twitter. I think it's called Taylor Time Hop or something like that. And they post, you know, kind of like what we do for you guys. We read older tweets, and they repost older tweets and retweet them and post images of MySpace blogs, and it's pretty cool. Another exciting thing about this episode is that we have a very special guest collaboration, which will be in the place of our main discussion. We recently discovered that there's a fan-run podcast, a lot like us, about One Direction. It's called Talk Direction, and the two girls that run it are awesome, and we were able to talk to them this week, and we talked about Taylor and One Direction and our respective fandoms and what it's like running a podcast. And it was an awesome discussion. So you guys are going to hear that a little bit later on in this episode. Yeah. And it's really cool the way we discovered them. We actually, a couple weeks ago, were featured in this BuzzFeed article, which was crazy. I'm still blown away by the fact that SwiftCast was covered on BuzzFeed. But this BuzzFeed article covered podcasts that people should be listening to. And we were included along with the One Direction podcast. So it's very exciting. Awesome. Well, stay tuned for that. But for now, let's go back and look at some of Taylor's older tweets. First, from Twitter way back in 2012, which I can't believe this was in 2012 because I remember this tweet like it was yesterday. Taylor tweeted on January 21st, As I mentioned in Vogue, Sarah Jaxheimer went to middle school with me and had great hair. She's a lovely girl. Blog sites calm down. (laughs) It was a little bit of sass from Taylor. The first of of a lot of sass. Yeah, it really was. I feel like as the years went by, Taylor just got more and more sassy. But in this interview with Vogue, Taylor mentioned Sarah Jacksheimer about how pretty much she was jealous about how great her hair always looked. And blog sites and tabloids just latched onto this and said there was a big drama thing between them in school and they hated each other and... It's just crazy because it wasn't even a celebrity. It's not even like Katy Perry against Taylor. It's somebody she went to middle school with. So it was just so funny when that all went down. And that was really starting to get towards the height of the media just being totally ridiculous towards Taylor. It really was. 2012, 2013. And they'll still lash on to anything, but... I think, at least to an extent, they have learned that she's not afraid to put them in their place. Hopefully, after some of the tweets she's had recently. (laughs) Well, from January of 2014, on the 18th, Taylor tweeted, It is a daily struggle for me not to buy more cats. And this was a few months before she ended up getting Olivia. Yeah, she lasted until June of that year when she got Olivia. And I still think she's going to get a third this year. I really do. Yeah, she's lasted a year and a half now, so we'll see if she gets a third. Our next one comes from last year, January 17th, 2015. And the tweet says, LOLOLOL, the sass. (laughs) And it's a link to a YouTube video 
And if you remember, it's the YouTube video that went viral where the Dover, Delaware policeman was in his police car and he had shake it off on the radio and he was lip syncing to it and jamming out and it's hilarious. And a really cool thing about that was the police officer actually got concert tickets and meet and greet tickets and he donated them to kids. So that was awesome. Very cool. And even just the fact that this was so many months after Shake It Off was even released. At this point, I think Style probably was being promoted as the third single of the album. So it just shows you the power of Shake It Off. It just was still so huge months after the release. That's so funny that you say that because I was just at the Apple store last weekend and I went in to check out the gift cards because they have those Apple Music gift cards with Taylor on them. And I was talking to the workers and I started telling them a little about the podcast and the one worker is like, oh my gosh, I just made a video of my one-year-old dancing to Shake It Off. <laughs> and gets out this video. <laughs> so people are still making these videos. I feel like it's going to be a trend forever. It really will be. I feel like that song is just going to last forever. I mean, we've talked about it in previous episodes. I mean, I feel like in 50 years, that will still be a song that you hear at weddings because it's such a, such a fun dance song. Let's hope so, because that was her goal, to be a wedding song. Well, the next day, on January 18th of 2015, Taylor tweeted, I didn't get the let's all wear black memo. And she tagged Gigi Hadid, Carly Kloss, Martha Hunt, and Ashley Avion in this tweet. And she included a photo of all of them in her New York apartment. It was neat to see a little glimpse inside her apartment. And they were all standing there, all looking fabulous. And finally, from January 22nd of 2015, Taylor tweeted, It's been a year since Ryan Tedder and I wrote, They are the hunters, we are the foxes, and we run. Hashtag, I know places. You know, I was just thinking today about how I'm a little bit bummed that that was never a single. Me too, it's such a good song. It could have had a cool music video, that's for sure. And finally, as promised, we have a MySpace post to look back on. This is from January 17th of 2007. So literally nine years ago. Wow. Nine years ago exactly today as we're recording this. Wow. So the post is titled, New Video Shoot, Teardrops on My Guitar, and GOLD in all caps. She says, Hey guys, I should note she spells hey with two Y's at the end, because that was 2007 <laughs> Taylor. So I had another video shoot yesterday. It was awesome. We shot it at a high school, Hume Fogg High School in downtown Nashville to be exact. I got to the shoot around 8 a.m. after a 5 a.m. flight that I had to get up at 3 a.m. for because I'd had a show the night before in Orlando. We shot a bunch of different scenes at the high school in different classrooms and in the hallways, so we needed extras. Extras are people the director usually casts to be in the background of certain scenes to make it look more crowded. So I decided to use people I knew as the extras, and since it was at a high school, I got to use my friends as the extras. So you might be able to pick out some of the people in my video from my top eight. Now, she's referring to the top eight on MySpace, for those of you who don't remember what that is. <laughs> it was like, basically on your profile, I guess, you had your friends that you most interacted with in your top eight. Yeah, but couldn't you list them, I think? Change it around? I think so. So anyway, so she says, you might recognize some of the people from my top eight. Abigail, Catherine, Kelsey, Allie, Emily, Megan. I don't know any of those people except Abigail. Emily was her fiddle player. 
Oh, that's right. I don't know who any of these other people are. My little brother Austin is in it too. Same with my cousin. It was so much fun. Tyler Hilton, who was on the show One Tree Hill and played Elvis in the movie Walk the Line, played the guy in the video. He's a lot of fun. I met him out in California at one of my shows. It was so much fun shooting all of those scenes in high school because I haven't been in school in almost a year now. Can you believe it? <laughs> it really took me back. Then the scene I'm so excited about is one of just me in the bedroom, and I'm wearing a 21-foot long gown that my stylist, Sandy Spica, made for me. It's bluish green, and it's strapless. I cannot wait for you to see it. But I don't want to give too much away, so that's all I'm going to say about the video. She gave away, like, the whole video. <laughs> Trey Fanjoy, the director, is still editing it. We should be releasing it in the next few weeks. By the way, my album is certified gold! She put a lot of emphasis on gold. And Tim McGraw, as of today, is top five. Life is good. I love you guys. Love, 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 Taylor. Wow. <laughs> That's a great post. <laughs> There's so much in this, I don't wouldn't even know what to say. It's so funny, though, because I was just watching a really old video when Taylor brought Tyler Hilton out as a special guest. 2007, Taylor was bringing out special guests, and she brought him out, and she was talking about how he was in her video. And fun fact for our listeners, he's from One Tree Hill, where Kate Vogel, who we interviewed last year, was also on, and the two of them are now touring together, and I've gotten to see them and meet Tyler quite a few times. I've actually been going to his shows since I was in high school in like 2005. He's a very good singer, songwriter. He plays a lot of shows all over the country. So if you remember him back from the video, you should check him out and try and catch one of his shows. Okay, so call me a bad fan, but I don't think I knew that Austin was in this video. Where is he? I guess you could call me a bad fan too, because I don't remember exactly where he is either. Really? Hmm. I don't even know the last time I watched this entire video, honestly. Well, we'll have to go later and look and figure out where he is. Because he would have been a little kid at this time, right? Like 12? Yeah, he would have been. 12, 13? Yeah. So he wasn't even the right age for high school anyway. Interesting. I just like how she says she doesn't want to give too much away, and she gave away like pretty much the whole video. <laughs> yeah, it takes place in high school. She has a big green dress. I did not realize that gown was 21 feet long. Wow. One thing I was thinking about is how now one of the things that I look forward to from Taylor is that pretty much only happens when a new album comes out is she'll write the little message that goes on the inside cover. And I feel like that's the closest to a blog post from her that we get now. Like the paragraph or two that's on the inside of the CD? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I just miss getting those types of things from her. I feel like, well, as we know, she's such a good writer, and I always want to know everything about what she's doing, and obviously she doesn't do that anymore, but I miss it. Yeah, it was like a diary. It was like looking at her diary. Yeah, the MySpace posts and the vlogs are things I really miss. Isn't it kind of funny how, not just for Taylor, for any artist, how when you're starting out, your goal is to sort of share as much as possible. And then as you get famous, your goal is to like keep as much private as possible. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, that was a cool MySpace post. And maybe in future episodes, we will take a look back at some other funny posts that she made way back, you know, eight, nine years ago. But for now, let's keep you updated on the news in Keeping Up With Swift. Our first one is that Taylor was out and about in L.A. last week. She went out to dinner 
with Calvin and a fan took this hilarious picture with them. He grabbed Calvin's menu and just sat down at their table and was sort of reviewing the menu, looking down, and somebody took this photo and he captioned it as something like dinner with mom and dad. And he really looked young, I thought. Luckiest kid ever. Yeah, that was a funny picture. It was a really good idea, you know, very clever, just to grab Calvin's menu and pretend that he was eating dinner with them, even though he was just a fan who got a picture. It's just nice that they were so cool about it. Celebrities could easily say, I'm trying to eat dinner here, go away. But Taylor would never do anything like that, and they just let him sit down at their table with him. I feel like Calvin probably has had to adjust to that. That's probably true. I mean, I don't know how he normally was with fans in the past, but I just imagine Taylor telling him, like, okay, so if we walk through a crowd of, like, 20 fans, I'm going to stop and take a picture with all of them. Like, that's just how this works. (laughs) Well, our next piece of news is that a gorgeous photo of Taylor is included in the new exhibit from Annie Leibovitz. She's a famous photographer, and it's called the Women New Portraits Exhibit, and you should look it up because it's awesome. And Taylor and Adele are actually the only two musicians included, which is pretty cool. This past week, both Taylor and Selena Gomez posted some funny photos on social media of them hiding in some bushes and then peeking their heads out, and they captioned them coming out of the woods or something along those lines. They were pretty funny. Those photos reminded me of the photos from fans that Taylor was retweeting to promote when 1989 first came out. It really did. It was pretty awesome. And I started hearing Out of the Woods on the radio, finally. It's very exciting. And also this last week, Taylor, like we said, it was in L.A., and she went to visit Jamie King and her godson, who is now six months old already. That's just crazy. But the photos were really cute, and Taylor took some not only just with Leo, but also with Jamie They're very adorable. I love those pictures. Well, there's only one thing on the upcoming calendar, and Ashley will tell you about that. We are just a few weeks away from the 58th Grammy Awards on February 15th, and Taylor has seven nominations, which we've covered in the past, but we're really hoping she takes home two or three, and no word yet on if she will perform, but we will keep you posted. We have a couple of mini-segments this week, and our first one comes from Fearless Somo 13 and they posted a picture. Well, first they wrote the comment, true, hashtag Swifty Problems, and it was a picture that said, can't survive a day without hearing any Taylor Swift song. Very true. And our last one is from at T underscore Will 33 on Twitter. And she wrote, that moment when your Taylor Swift perfume runs out, Swifty problems. Very true also. Well, if you want to hear your Swifty problem on next week's episode, tweet us and write hashtag Swifty problem and we will include it in next week's episode. We do have a couple of fashion updates for you this week and Ashley will do the first one for us. This one is from yesterday, January 16th, when Taylor was hanging out with Jamie and her godson in L.A. She was wearing the Brandy Melville Margie top, which is $18. I like when she wears that brand. It's always very affordable. And that's funny because she might have gotten that the day before because our next update is from January 15th when she was shopping at Brandy Melville. 
And when she was shopping, she was wearing a David Lerner speckled crop top, originally $144 on sale for $72. She had a Prada Safiano medium tote, that's $2,100. Rag and Bone Miles boots, $550. And Court Shop James High Rise suspender jeans, $182. That was such a good outfit. Then on January 12th, when Taylor was eating dinner with Calvin, like we mentioned earlier, she was wearing this gorgeous dress that's pretty affordable. It's from American Apparel, and it's called the Velvet Violet Skater Dress in Black. It's only $58. She was also wearing a Free People Geostar headband that's only $38. And then she paired the outfit with her Prada metallic leather platform sandals which are unfortunately no longer available. As always, thank you to Tay Swift Style for all the fashion updates, and you can go see pictures and more information at tayswiftstyle.com. So a couple of weeks ago, we were really excited because we came across this BuzzFeed article that some fans put together about five fan podcasts that you need to be listening to. And we were on there, which was super exciting. But also on there was a podcast called Talk Direction, which is a fan-run podcast, sort of just like ours, that covers everything about One Direction. So we thought it would be fun to get together with them and talk about both of our shows. So joining us now, we have Caitlin and Kara from Talk Direction. Hi. Hi. We're so happy to be here. This is really exciting. I love that we're like all getting together to talk about fandom things because coming, like having two fandoms come together is a really cool idea. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I was really excited about seeing your podcast on the BuzzFeed article. Yeah, that was super exciting. Mm-hmm. We were very excited to to hear us on an actual BuzzFeed podcast list. When we started in 2013, I remember looking around on iTunes to see if there were podcasts for any of the other popular artists, and there really weren't any. I feel like mm. it's it's taken a while for those to start coming out. I know. I was even surprised when we, before we started this podcast, like I was looking, oh, I'm sure there's a One Direction podcast out there. And to find out that there wasn't really one, I know there was a couple that were like, did some episodes way back when, but not on iTunes. So I thought that was pretty crazy that there wasn't one for One Direction. I guess it's because only a certain percentage of people are familiar with podcasts, maybe, or know how they work. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it's pretty like hard to start one. Like when we wanted to start one, we did not know like, the amount of effort and like time that went into like even just starting it up. So I think that also might be a reason. Yeah. Especially when a lot of fandom is run by young people who might not like have the time necessarily to figure out how to put a podcast together. <laughs> like if they're yeah. in school or whatever. That's true. You guys are both college students, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're both juniors. I'm impressed that you find the time because we all work <laughs> pretty much like nine to five jobs and we have a hard time finding the time every week. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. It's definitely a lot because I think a lot of people don't realize that it's not just like the hour and a half you record. There's a ton of other stuff that goes into making a podcast with the planning and like promotion and in researching like what you're going to talk about and, you know, all that type of stuff that goes into it. You end up spending a lot of hours each week working on it. Right. So what made you guys want to start a podcast about One Direction? Well, we've both been listening to podcasts for a really long time since Mm -hmm. we were like 12 or something um we started with uh that's it? 10 years oh wait no yeah. it's not <laughs> it's almost, <laughs> almost yeah, nine 10. years nine years nine that's years crazy. yeah uh it started with 
imprint which was a, a twilight podcast you know those middle school years <laughs> um, and we got into harry potter podcast as well muggle cast um and it kind of went from there and we both listened and like we both talked about because we both listened so it sort of became a part of our friendship yeah to talk about podcasts and i don't know we've listened for years and when we came into the one direction fandom i hadn't really thought of the idea and we had been fans for a couple of years and then i was like uh, I found different podcasts, fandom podcasts on iTunes, and I was like, hey, there's no One Direction one. Um, and I ended up calling Kara up and was like, hey, do you want to start a podcast with me? <laughs> yeah, it was like out of the blue. It was crazy. Yeah. So then we were like, you know what? Let's do it. And and it was kind of at that point, like, are we actually doing this? Are we going to like be creators in a fandom? This is really weird. But it was something where bit by bit, as you get like small little goals made, you know, finding a title for the podcast, getting a website, like doing each of these, it slowly came together. And uh, it was something that we ended up following through with. And it's been an absolutely amazing experience. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, I think especially in the Taylor fandom, there's so many fans who just do all these different types of projects for her. And it's so hard to find something unique to do because it seems like everything has been done. So yeah, we're just excited to have something to work on. Like it just really makes our lives fun. And when she's in the off season, like she is now, we're not going to shows. So this is kind of a way that we still keep our love for Taylor going, I guess. Exactly. Exactly. Like we have the whole big one direction taking a break for a while and, you know, we're going to keep it up. And I know people have written to us saying like, are you still doing your podcast over the 1D break? And we're yeah. like, yep, we're still here. Yeah. Like People are all, all like, they're just saying how like our podcast is what's getting through or like getting them through the break. So yeah. like that's really. So sweet. I can and... imagine like, you guys have the same experience with that type of thing. Yeah. Well, I think we are all curious about that. So I've seen a couple different articles about this break. Does it seem like it's for sure? Is it? So it seems like they're pretty adamant on just calling it a hiatus, but they don't really say like how long it is. So we're just kind of like you know going like rolling with it and like see how, seeing how long it ends up being but it seems like it's probably going to be at least a year if not a year and a half ish but you know like we're like excited and we're going to support the boys and like if they do like solo projects and stuff so we're not like anti-solo projects or anything like that yeah i think from what happened in the media they twisted it very much into one direction's breaking up and th- at first when we talk about it a couple months ago on the podcast about like the idea of one direction breaking up we were kind of quite negative about it thinking like yeah this is probably Like, we don't know if they're going to get back together. But since then, the boys have talked about it themselves and addressed it in actual video, not just, like, rumored tabloids or whatever, and said, like, no, we're just taking a break. Like, all the other people do it. Like, we know right now Taylor Swift's taking a break. Sam Smith's taking a break. Ed Ed Sheeran's taking a break. (laughs) Everyone's taking a break. (laughs) Everyone's taking a break. But somehow, like, the One Direction, because they're, like, a boy band, them taking a break somehow means them breaking up, which we don't think is happening yeah. based on like everything. But yeah, if the boys do solo projects. You know, there's rumors that um, Louis is going to be a judge on X Factor or like maybe doing different collaborations, like writing songwriting with other artists, um, which we're really excited to talk mm-hmm. about. I think I mean, I think it's cool to see what they could do as individuals. Yeah, I was thinking that too, as a podcast, even if they do their own solo projects, you can be supporting all five of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And since you guys started somewhat recently, you probably have their whole sort of back catalog of music that you can talk about too. Yeah, exactly. We have so many songs that we can go back to and discuss and different comparisons and and music videos and stuff. I remember like when we first started it, when we were like 
on episode 10 or something and we're like, oh, what if we don't have like enough material? And then I realized we have like literally every single song off their five <laughs> albums to talk about and like yeah. all the music videos and like every interview if we really want to go that deep. So yeah. So with Zane going off on his own, mm. that seemed very dramatic to me. And this is I'm not an insider of the fandom or anything, <laughs> but it seemed very dramatic. So are you guys still focusing on Zane or do you feel like he's sort of betrayed the group or, I mean, some of the things he's been saying recently have been pretty harsh, I think. Yeah. So we have actually like differing opinions on this, me and Caitlin. <laughs> Although I feel like my opinion changes like day to day, you know, like with the weather, like the moon cycle, like it I don't have like one like straight opinion on it. I just feel like I will always have like a soft spot for him. But I feel like some of the things he's saying about One Direction and like One Direction's music and like that he hasn't really been in contact with the boys, it sort of like, you know, it breaks my heart because like I was very like, I loved all five of them, like their friendship. And so I definitely want him to be happy and like I support him in that and I'm excited to see his solo stuff, but I would definitely be lying if I said like when he left, like it wasn't a sad moment for me and I'm sure like a lot of other people felt that. Um, Caitlin, do you want to give your two cents on the matter? <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, I'm always going to be interested in what he does, but the way he left and everything he's done since then definitely leaves like a sour taste in my mouth and like I think coming from it as a podcast perspective we don't talk about Zane uh, as much as we do the other boys mm -hmm. we'll briefly mention different things and actually next episode we're going to have an episode that goes into everything that Zane has been doing uh recently in the articles that have come out in Rolling Stone and such because like we don't usually talk about it on the main episode because we want to focus on the boys um but I think people are still interested in hearing what's going up with that because he does have such a history with One Direction but yeah, personally, I'm definitely like, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I don't know. I think I'll always be like tainted by what he did and well, the way he handled everything and what he continues to say about the boys and their yeah, relationship. I think that definitely like reflects the fandom. I think that there's like a very mixed opinions mm -hmm. in the fandom about like Zane and the whole ordeal and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's really been crazy. Like I said, I'm not an insider, but mm -hmm. it just seems like he's launching his solo career based on saying negative things about the band yeah yeah we definitely have discussed that and we're gonna go further into that because of the article that recently came out when he did say some not so nice things about their music and stuff so and not so nice things about women in general so that's true yeah <laughs> um we're definitely gonna have to dissect that because yeah. some of his statements are pretty questionable <laughs> yeah well, I guess I feel kind of lucky that I saw them back in the day when it was the original five. I saw them on their first tour. Ooh, wow. I guess it was the What Makes You Beautiful tour, 2012. I don't know if that's what it was called, but it was right when that was their biggest song. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's so exciting because I, I couldn't get to go to that because back then none of my friends were fans. So um I wasn't going to go to a concert by myself. I guess I could have. You know, I like really do regret not going, but that's okay. Yeah, I have a lot of regrets of Taylor concerts I missed that I could have gone to by myself. And now it's become a normal thing for me to do that. So I guess it sort of evolves. Yeah. I just watched the Taylor Swift 1989 tour on Apple Music. And I was so upset that, I mean, this summer I had a job that was over like the dates that she had uh, the tour coming near us. But I am so upset that I was yeah. not able to go based on that video. It looked absolutely incredible. It really was. And we went to the Red Tour. Kara and I both went to the Red Tour uh, last year, but or two years ago, was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, what's two years it was ago? Like, yeah, whatever, whenever that Red ago? Tour was. 
four we years did. ago. I don't know. It was a was long it, time it was ago. Maybe three years ago. It was 2013. Oh, oh wow. wow. That was okay. Wow. A long time ago. Anyways, we went to that one and thought it was incredible. Yeah. Um, but we weren't able to go to this one and I watched it and I was so upset that I hadn't gone because it looked absolutely incredible. Oh, man. So how many One Direction shows have you guys been to? We've been to two, right? Yeah. yeah. We went to their Midnight Memory Store. What was that called? Well, we're uh, such good fans. <laughs> Take me home. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> where we are. Um, where we are. No, what? It was WWA. Where no. we are. Oh, yeah, where we are. Right. They have, like, the weirdest names for their tours. I never know what yeah. they are. They're just, like, kind of questions and, like, I don't know. They're, like, full sentences. And, and all of their stuff that they do, like, all, re- this is us, like, where yeah. we are. It's they just all kind random. of, like, philosophical, like, questions. Yeah. Well, yeah, Ashley and I were just talking about that because, Ashley, that's the one you went to, right? Yes, I got to see them during that tour. Um, My show was in September of 2014. And I really, like, I really like seeing their tour. It was um, mm-hmm. the first full set tour that I had seen. Because as Ashley mentioned earlier, we both got to see them during the iHeartRadio Fest. Oh. Was it that same year? Yeah, it was right around the same month, I think, that you ended up seeing them. Yeah, I, I like them so much at iHeart. It was right before Zayn left. Yeah. But it was a really good show. And so... I'm, like, sad of their, like, hiatus because, I mean, if they were going to do a tour again, I'd want to go see them again. Yeah. Yeah, especially with their new album. They're not going to tour. If they ever tour with it, um, I don't know if they'll like, come back with new stuff and then immediately tour with that. Because, like, I love their new album and I would love to see it in, you know, in a show. But yeah. who knows if that's ever going to happen. But, you know, we'll hold out hope. Yeah, isn't that really weird? It, doesn't that sort of make you question why they did that? Yeah, it is actually pretty weird. I'm not sure. I think that, like, they've just been on tour for so long. Like, they've just really had no breaks in between. Like, they've literally just produced an album and then, like, mm-hmm. went on tour and they've had nothing in between. So I think that they just, like, needed some time off. So Yeah, and after Zayn left, the boys all really came together and were like, okay, we need to make a new album. We need to make it awesome yeah. to remind the fans that we're still here. Like, we're not leaving them just because Zayn left. We're not breaking up. We're going to make the best album yet, which is really cool. And I think also... Because they weren't going into tour, like after it, they already knew that they weren't going to tour the album. They were able to make different types of songs. There's a lot more like ballads on the album and like slow songs and different sounding songs than ones that, I mean, in the past, they always say they really like to make anthemic songs so that they can, you know, that's their sort of style with touring. So it's definitely like affected the way they made the album, which is cool. Do they have a contract on how many albums they had to release? I think it was five. Yeah, but it's all, like, it's a lot of, like, rumors and stuff where you don't actually know what's going on. It's, yeah. But I wish they just, like, released their contracts, like, all the things. But, like, they definitely <laughs> don't do that. So we have, like, kind of no idea. It's kind of up in the air. But I think it was five. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're sort of in the same boat with Taylor and her break mm-hmm. because articles have been playing it up like she could be going away for years. And we don't think that's very likely to happen. Mm-hmm. It's just that this tour ended in December. And she usually puts albums out in the fall. So if she put one out in October, which like she normally would, that's still a 10 month break. That's a long break. Yeah. So I think people just think it's going to be a longer one because I guess, for example, when the Red Tour officially ended was in June and then she put out Shake It Off in August. So that was a very short time. So right. Oh yeah. we don't think this is going to be years. We think it'll be hopefully just under a year. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's hard. It's so crazy to think she's gotten, like, if she's following the same path. Like, I feel like 1989 just came out. I know. It does feel like that. Where, like, we're already expecting, like, new music next fall, you know? I think it's crazy. It's super yeah. exciting, though. I know. I'm ready. I know. <laughs> yeah. And also, I feel like the media definitely always plays it up. They're like, oh, she's going to, like, you know, be away for, like, 17 years. Like, when's she going to come back? <laughs> but, like... And they do the same thing with One Direction. Oh, yeah. Yep. They just get fodder out of Taylor and One Direction. Yeah, yeah definitely. They just want those clicks and those, you know, ad revenues. So. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of Taylor and One Direction, what do you think about the rumors about for example, Perfect being about Taylor. And I love that song. I think mm-hmm. it's actually really good. I mean, we briefly discussed on our episode about Perfect the comparison between how the songs do sound alike. I'm sure you guys heard uh, those fan mix things where they played the two songs on top of each other. What was it? Perfect and... Style. 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 Yeah. Um, and like the similarities in sound. Uh, which, I mean, God knows if they got it from there because, you know, artists are always taking inspiration from each other. Um, but I mean, Harry did write on Perfect, but it's hard to speculate about what's written about what. Just, I, I know they write from personal experience, but you want to say something, Kara? <laughs> um, I don't know. I just, I never like really want to just like pinpoint who it's about, but I think it could also just be about like dating in the fame world and like dating mm-hmm. within celebrity culture because I think it definitely was about um I don't know it could be taken as like two celebrities dating because of the lyrics like talking about like they had to like hide away and like the paparazzi's flashing so um I don't know I think it's interesting just to hear celebrities talking about dating because um it's nothing you know I'm I will ever experience so I think it's like cool to like get an inside like view of that yeah and it's reflective a lot of like a lot of what Taylor does with just I know places like that song as well Mm -hmm. stuff like that where just like because they're living the same type of life I'd say One Direction Taylor Swift especially get hounded Mm -hmm. and really Harry very much by the media yeah so it's not surprising that the their lyrics about their personal lives reflect each other i would yeah. say but i wouldn't necessarily say oh he was writing about a specific instance you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah i can't see taylor trash in a hotel room <laughs> <laughs> i think the song is really interesting and i like it i think it's a good song yeah, yeah. and i think that with a lot of taylor's songs she gives us clues you know Mm -hmm. you can kind of narrow down who it's about but at the end of the day it almost doesn't matter because the Mm -hmm. messages of most of her songs can be applied so broadly that we really don't even focus on who it's about too much Yeah. yeah and i know taylor does a ton of the writing herself with one direction while they do a lot of the writing the people that wrote that song you had harry louie and about three other people writing on that song so it's also hard to say who wrote which lyrics yeah no with taylor it's a lot easier to be like okay this is clearly her own genius you know but yeah um i think with when they're writing with like a number of people it's harder to pinpoint who's contributing what in in a song yeah for sure absolutely right Although sort of related to that, I know Ed recently said he feels like he doesn't have a need to write with them anymore because they've developed so much of their own songwriting skills that he just thinks they're ready to go off on their own. Yeah, I think I know he said that because he's written songs for like 
he's written a number of songs for their albums, which has been really cool. And obviously his songwriting is incredible. Mm -hmm. But I think it is true that as time has gone on, the boys have been more confident in their songwriting and developing into more personal, taking from more personal experiences um, rather than sort of going with like what's going to sell. Yeah. And also I think that they're developing their own, you know, genre and like their own style. Because I think like when you listen to a One Direction album and you like hear an Ed like a song that Ed wrote, you can definitely distinctly tell that it's Ed's style, and which I love, but I think that it's, like, beneficial for One Direction to, um, you know, like, hone in on their own style and maybe, like, not get it written by someone who has such a distinct voice. That's really interesting you say that because I was just thinking about how Ed wrote on Justin Bieber's song, Love Yourself, and when I hear no. it, I can hear Ed so distinctly. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that. How did I not know that? Oh, wow. Well, I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was interesting because I was listening to parts of Justin's new album and there are some songs I thought were okay. And then this song, Love Yourself, just stood out and I loved it. And I so then I looked into it and I'm like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He has such a distinct voice and even just the rhythm, like the way that he writes the verses, you can just always tell. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So speaking of songs, do you guys have a favorite One Direction song at the moment from the new album? Yeah, mm. we definitely do. Oh, well, yeah. at least I do. Yeah. Uh, my, I would say mine is Olivia, uh, which is one that Harry wrote on. No surprise. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's just such an exciting, fun song, and it's quite different from what they've done. It, like harkens back to Beatles oh, yeah. era and it's got new instruments. It's got trumpets on it. You know, they've done a lot of like guitar and Rocky and sort of more, uh, a more electric sound, but this mm-hmm. one definitely has, um, I don't know. It has more of an old timey feel in a lot of ways. And I think it's just a really fun bubbly song. That's like fun to dance to, but it's got really cool lyrics as well. Some of the lyrics in that song are, are really beautiful. Yeah. I think that just in general, this whole album has like, stepped up their lyric game yeah, for sure definitely um and mine would have to be what a feeling i just think it's like such a cool song um i don't even know what it is about it. it's very like 70s i don't know it just looked really cool have you guys listened to um one direction's new album at all yes i actually have it um Ooh. so right now the song what if um which one is it love you goodbye is stuck in my head right now mm. <laughs> i like that one <laughs> that's a good one i think uh, Louis wrote that one. He said that, uh, that one was very much like he put a lot of himself into it. And it's like his most, like the song he's most proud of because it was so much about like his own experiences, which was cool. Mm-hmm. So do the two of them, Harry and Louis, do the majority of the writing? Um, no, I think it was pretty split between the boys. Uh, Harry, I think, is credited on writing four or five of the songs, but, uh, three of them was like only he was credited for writing them. Uh, Liam and Louie did quite a number of the yeah. songs. They, I would say they did the most, but it wasn't like the majority. Yeah. Um, I think, um, in the past too, they have been the, like the duo, like the songwriting duo for most of it. Yeah. For like their past albums and stuff. But I think like Niall has written some songs too. Yeah. So. Niall wrote on two by himself plus like yeah. the songwriting group that they do, like that they have with them. And then he wrote on one with Liam as well. So. Yeah. Um, I, I'd say that's pretty, it's pretty equal, split. yeah. Yeah. So, have you guys ever met One Direction? 
No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, have, we haven't met them, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, just just from afar. Yeah. Or well, we've got we got good seats at you know the concerts, but yeah. Um, have yet to meet them. Yeah, but um, I saw from your website we were just like you know like creeping around, just you know, <laughs> um, and we happened upon your pictures with Taylor Swift, and we actually wanted to ask you like what that was like meeting her and like what that experience was like. I'm sure you've talked about this on the podcast, but um, and I'll definitely like go back into your archives and like try to find it. But I was wondering if you guys could like maybe elaborate on like how meeting her was like. Well, we all kind of had different experiences of first times meeting her. My so I've met her twice and the first time was on the red tour and after trying like really unsuccessfully for years to meet her because you know she doesn't sell her meet and greets like it's very hard to meet her you either have to win or just like some sort of magic happens and <laughs> you just meet her somehow so I met her before the concert and it was really brief but she's just amazing like she really just makes you feel like a friend that she's known forever and really lives up to every expectation that you have of her. Yeah, for me, I was a fan since 2006, and I felt like it just was never going to happen. And I figured, well, maybe I'll be 80 and I'll finally meet her. <laughs> but I was okay with that. But then, like Ashley said, just sort of this magical thing happened. I entered this contest, and it was an essay contest, and then I was selected to go to her live stream which is when she announced 1989. Oh my gosh. Wow, I watched that. That was such an <laughs> exciting time. <laughs> it was crazy. I just, I still can't believe it happened. And she invited us back to her apartment in New York. Oh and I got to meet her cats. And... Oh my God. She's so great. That, that gives me hope for meeting One Direction. I know. Though I feel like Taylor's very much really wanting to like get involved with meeting the fans. And yeah. like, you know, she's so... I don't know. She's very involved, like, online. I know. And, and I really respect her for, like, not selling her meet and greets. I think that's, like, very rare in this industry because, like, people, like, charge so much money for meet and greets. So, like, that's really cool that she doesn't do that. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing that I think we all hope she never changes. And, I mean, it's definitely been frustrating at times, you know, when you try to meet her and it doesn't work out. And you're like, why can't I just... But in the end, it's a good thing. It really is because it makes it so special when you get to somehow... Yeah, and then for me, so I also met Taylor um, twice. Uh, the first time was when we were invited to the Ultimate Secret Session in New York. And we were kind of waiting towards the end to meet her so that we could be the last ones to kind of talk to her <laughs> and everything. And I was just, I don't know what was going on. I think I was having like an anxiety attack because I, <laughs> I just had built up all this in my mind, like, what am I going to say? Like, I didn't really have anything prepared to talk to her about. And just kind of like standing there and trying to compose myself. But um, once I got up there and started talking to her, um, again, a lot of people say that it's really easy to talk to her because she makes you feel like comfortable and like your friends and that sort of thing. And she really is just as sweet and friendly, like as everybody said she is. And um, it really, it was really awesome to get to meet her and talk to her and she's just super sweet and I still can't believe it happened, but it was amazing. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, she seems like such a nice person to me. Like I could definitely see like her just being such like a welcoming and like warming presence. Mm -hmm. So that's really cool. And it, it's kind of like in that, you know, minute or two minutes you get to spend with her, it just sort of validates 
or at least for me, it did like everything that we do. Like it's so worth it spending this time putting out this podcast for her. Like I'll always Mm -hmm. do anything I can to support her. Like she's just worth it. (laughs) Yeah. She's like a genuinely nice person. You know, you're not, you're not meeting someone who's just like completely an idiot. Yeah. And if anybody wants to hear about, we had episodes about these experiences. They were episodes 66 and 79. So it was, it's just crazy. And hopefully you guys will get to meet One Direction. Like I said, even if you're 80 or something, just, <laughs> yeah, just it will happen. The retirement home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember like one of our listeners, like we were talking about, I think on one of the podcasts, we're like, oh, this is never going to happen. Like, you know, like we can dream. And then like one of our listeners was like, you know, never say never. And I was like, that's true. Like, you know, weird things can happen. Like weird coincidences just so. We're going to, you know, keep our hopes up. Yep. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I feel like when I really lost all hope, though, is when it happened. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just figured, like, this is just never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All but right. So we will. need to lose hope right yeah. now. <laughs> we need to lose all hope. <laughs> okay. Just in general, what's it like sort of being in your fandom, you know, online and, like, when you meet fans at concerts? What has that been like? Um, it's been super crazy and awesome. Like, I mean, being it, we were, we were sort of silent people in the One Direction fandom before we started this podcast. You know, there's so many fan sites and Twitter update accounts and, uh, like Tumblrs and all that. And I follow a ton of them and I have since I've been a fan and so many awesome creators from like fan fiction writers to fan artists to all this type of stuff. Um, but then to start the podcast and like be like, okay, I'm going to be a presence in the fandom now has been, really cool and such an amazing experience because now we've definitely interacted with other fans and become friends with people through our podcast like some of our listeners we've like been in talking talking with like since we began the podcast and it's just so cool how you can actually meet people and like bond over something even when you know people are in different countries or all over the world or different ages you know I think it's just been such an amazing experience because of that yeah I definitely agree I just like never thought I'd be the type of person who would like put content out in a fandom and like you know put myself out there in that way but I'm like just so glad I did because we've met so many cool people and it's just like um it's just like really fun to talk about something that you're so like passionate about like every week and just have other people who enjoy it and like like listening to you like it's just like a crazy thing that I don't know I I don't think I'll ever get over it so I don't know it's just like really cool to like meet people and interact with people like on on Twitter and stuff and like hearing that they like like our podcasts and stuff and just, you know, bonding even over other things other than One Direction because um, we have like, you know, other different interests that we found like through One Direction. So it's been, it's been pretty cool. Yeah. And I think it also just validates the fact again and again, that the view that the media or other people who are like less in the know that they might have on people who are in fandoms or of fangirls or whatever. I think it really shows that those negative opinions of us are wrong and that yeah. a lot of people that I've met in this fandom are very multifaceted. And you have, you know, you see a girl who's 16 running an update account and someone might scoff at that. But if she has half a million followers on her Twitter, she has so much power to reach out to people. And then you see them, you know, retweeting stuff about things that aren't necessarily One Direction and maybe more political or social or things happening with, 
you know, uh, marriage equality in the U.S. and that reaches that many people and you're just going like, you know what, this is actually pretty cool and, you know, people have, young people have voices and you need to listen to them because this is, this is the way things are moving, you know? Yeah. That's so true. And I think that's definitely been similar to our experiences too. We have six hosts that on a rotating basis do the show and we all met on the internet. Like I never thought that I would be someone to, like you said, like put myself out there in a fandom and make friends on the internet and then start hanging out with those friends in real life. And it's just been amazing. Yeah, that's cool. I was going to ask you guys like how you met. So did you guys all meet like on the internet? Are you guys like not, you don't live near each other? We all live in different states. Oh, wow. That's so cool. That's Mm -hmm. cool. Because me and Caitlin have known each other since we were like in seventh grade. Um, So that's how we, you know, started this. But that's so cool that you guys met over the internet. We sort of just are a random bunch of people who met in random ways (laughs) and (laughs) everything worked out. We all like each other and we all love creating this content and podcasts. Yeah, this question, because we we find this a lot, like, to be a, a sort of not difficult thing to deal with, but an interesting thing to deal with, talking about running a fandom podcast to people that are not in the fandom, you know, maybe relatives or friends, or, like, how do you, do you, like, tell them, oh, hey, like, I run a Taylor Swift podcast, like, is that something you do, or, like, how do you balance that, I would say? I think we all have different opinions on this. For me, I've always been very vocal about it. I work in mm. marketing and I've even put it on my resume. I've talked about it in job interviews. And I would say the reactions I've gotten have all been positive. Like I've gotten some people that don't know what podcasts are. Like the president of my company always says, how's your Taylor Swift blog going? <laughs> like He doesn't understand. But like in general, people tend to think it's really cool. Like I feel like it's been like a conversation starter for me with people. I think people want to know more. I don't know. It's been for me, it's that's been my experience yeah for me the experience is a little bit different um people i think sort of think it's weird uh (laughs) so i usually just don't really mention it it's sort of like my undercover identity or something (laughs) which i'm fine (laughs) with um Mm -hmm. and my career it wouldn't really help me in my career so i just i don't put it on my resume or anything but i love doing it and I really will do anything to support Taylor till I'm, like I said, 80 or 90 or whatever. Kind of same for me, like Ashley was saying. I uh, I mentioned it in a job interview that this is something I do on the side for fun. And they were kind of curious to know like what it's about because they've never heard anybody speak of like doing podcasts before. So they were pretty interested in that. But yeah, it's pretty much open about it. Uh, all my friends are always know that they can come and ask me questions about what's going on with Taylor. So it's it's really cool when you kind of talk about it and kind of generate conversation to, especially for people that know of Taylor, but, uh, you know, don't follow her as much to know kind of what's going on in the fandom or news wise and that sort of thing. For me, it's nice because I almost feel like it gives me a built-in excuse to go to as many concerts for Taylor as I do. (laughs) Like, people just figure that that's my thing and that's what I'm going to do. Like, some people ask me, like, so do you go to every show? (laughs) (laughs) I do go to a lot, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'd be going anyway, but it's nice to 
be able to do that and then use the experiences that I have there to talk about on the show and mm-hmm. that's yeah that's definitely been a plus that's so funny because when we were um going to buy tickets for the most recent One Direction show that we were going to we were like um we like were validating ourselves we we're like this is a business expense like you know we have to go to this <laughs> concert like we um, need good seats we need to spend yeah. this much money yeah <laughs> but, yeah um okay how do you guys balance um and I don't know like if you guys, I'm sure you guys find this because Taylor Swift has talked about it in the media a ton. Um, how do you balance like stories on your show that you think are like newsworthy and like have to talk about that are important, but also like giving her privacy and not talking about things that are too personal? Cause we, we definitely have to deal with that with all the rumors that fly around with One Direction. That's a really good question. I kind of feel like for the most part, unless we're dissecting an actual song, we try to stay away from her personal life do you guys agree yeah i think like ashley said earlier even recently the way the songs have been you can relate to them so much without really even having to know who the song is about so Mm -hmm. i mean we'll mention it in passing yeah but we don't focus on it Mm -hmm. and i guess with taylor kind of makes it easy in a way because she does so much like even now when she's on her break there's still articles coming out about things she's videos she's releasing and whatever that she gives she really gives us a lot to work with so we mm-hmm. try to focus more on the other aspects yeah that's what we try to do <laughs> yeah we definitely get people writing in asking us to talk about things and we're like hey let's like let's talk about what the boys want us to talk about you know yeah i think also like people like respect that we like respect the boys privacy and i'm sure like your listeners feel the same way um, because I don't know, we just didn't want to like seem like a tabloid and just like, you know, like run with every rumor. Cause you know, we want to, I don't know, just like give them their privacy and their, the respect. So yeah. Like yeah. we'll mention that she was hanging out with Calden, but we won't really go into much of their relationship status. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's cool. Yeah. Um, where do you guys see yourself in the future? Do you think you guys are going to keep following, uh, Taylor Swift and keep doing the, doing the podcast for like you know exponentially i guess so we're 90 (laughs) (laughs) absolutely we've been doing this now for almost three years and kind of like ashley said taylor just keeps giving us content even when she's not actively promoting a new album she's out there visiting kids with cancer or going to people's houses or even if she's sort of sheltered and not really in the public a lot we still talk we find things to talk about um in between red and 1989 i thought it was going to be really difficult to find content and we every week there was just something new to talk about so and even if taylor ever did decide to stop making her own music i know she still would be involved somehow either writing other people's songs or she's just so creative she would find something else to do with her time so for me this is just really fun and i'm willing to do it as long as everybody else is willing to do it (laughs) yeah it's hard to imagine not doing it honestly yeah so you guys do it every week and you've been doing it for three years for the most part yeah we have an off week here and there if we're traveling to a show or something but we've been pretty good i feel like we've only had three or four off weeks and wow. the whole time that we've been doing this. 
That's so impressive. Yeah, because we, like, we've only been doing it for, like, maybe six months, but it already seems like a, like, you know, a part of our week and just, like, a part of our lives, so I can definitely see how, like, you know, three years in, like, it just is literally a part of you. Just what you do. Yeah. Yes, the days when we don't record, if we have an off week, it feels weird to Mm -hmm. not be recording, which I like. I like that it's a part of our lives now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's evolved over time. You know, we've made so many new friends. We've had new hosts come along who, Mm -hmm. in most cases, were people that were just fans of the show and started talking to us. And then we ended up Mm -hmm. including them. And, you know, it's just, it's always changing. I feel like, I feel like we've grown so much and I'm excited to see where it takes us on her next era. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's so cool that you have like three years worth of podcasts to like go listen to and not even just like, um, you know, the stories you talked about, but like even yourself and like seeing like where you were in that like time in your life. I think that's just something like so cool to like listen back onto it like when you're like old and gray, you know, like I think that's gonna be (laughs) awesome. This is definitely in my life the project that I've followed through with for the longest. It's kind of amazing to me. Yeah. Sometimes it's so surreal that like we've actually Kept followed going. through, you yeah. know, yeah. like not just said, hey, we're going to do a podcast, but like actually consistently done the podcast. I know, because I feel like me and Caitlin are both sort of the people that like get like, you know, like really excited about an idea, but then kind of don't follow through. But it's cool that we actually have been yeah. for this long. But yeah, I was just like me and Caitlin were talking about like how you guys have like 138 episodes, I think. And like, that's just crazy and just like awesome. Cause you know, we just hit our like 30th episode and we were like really psyched about that. <laughs> it but, like, goes by fast. You'll like, be surprised. Wow. Yeah. yeah that's Even crazy. 30 in, I'm like, whoa, where yeah. did the time go? I know. Like, I remember wow. when we had like three episodes, yeah. like, and we were pumped about that. <laughs> do you guys tend to hear from a lot of fans in other countries? Cause we definitely do. Yeah. I mean, we look at our stats online and you can see where like everyone's listening from which is crazy to it's think like so some of our biggest like cities are in countries that are so far away from where we are yeah um and and to become friends too with people who live in different countries we've got someone we talk to quite closely in Colombia and mm-hmm. you know others in England and other parts of the US which is just so it's just so cool to see that like interaction internationally with young people you know, people say a lot of times with technology, people are getting farther apart and not, you know, connecting with other people. But I think they miss the fact that young people are starting to be able to connect with people all over the world. And maybe maybe they're not making best friends with someone who's their next door neighbor, door neighbor but, you know, they can become best friends with someone who lives in Colombia. Yeah, and you probably might have more in common with the person, like, from, I don't know, India than you do in your ne- like to your next door neighbor. So I think that just, like... I don't know. It's really cool. And I think that people definitely devalue internet friendships. And mm-hmm. I think they're like such a huge part of our culture now that I don't know. I think that it, they definitely deserve more respect. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so how about your guys' favorite Taylor Swift songs? I guess 1989 or otherwise. Yeah. I feel like we've discussed this to death and we've still had no answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's just impossible. Yeah. I feel like, honestly, you could ask me on any given day, and I would give you a different answer. I honestly do. Kara, do you have a favorite from 1989? I think New Romantics might be mm. definitely one of my favorites. I think also I um, it's one of the ones I can personally relate to the most. I just feel like it really sums up, like, my sophomore year of college, like, the experience. <laughs> like, it just, like, struck me so hard. Like, it really, it really, I don't know. And it's just, like, such a jam. It's such a fun song to dance to and sing to. So mm-hmm. I think that's one definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, New Romantics is great. Yeah. And I love um, 
I know places. And then, mm-hmm. like, obviously, like, Blank Space is awesome. That's yeah. the Everyone problem. You start awesome. thinking about the whole album, and you say, I love this one and this one and this one. Yeah, I was listening to it today, and this love came on, and I hadn't heard it in a oh, while, man. and I got into that song all over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when I was listening to one of your episodes, you guys were, like, talking about all these songs. I'm like, wow, and I, like, need to pause your episode and, like, go listen to these songs now. Like, oh, man, like... Uh. 1989 is such a great album like it really is. it's so solid it just wow well we're very anxious and excited to see what happens at the grammys with album of the i year. know that's one of our questions do you think i think she deserves it personally oh yeah i think like everything that's come with the album not only the incredible music but everything she's done in this whole era has been so like completely awesome and new and not something that people have done in a long time or ever really um, but yeah, I think, I'm sure she's going to win some Grammy. She was nominated for a ton of stuff, especially with Blank Space, but I kind of want her to get Album of the Year. Yeah, yeah we that. definitely yeah. do. We think that she's worked very hard for it, and now we just have to wait. I think actually the voting deadline just passed. I'm so excited to watch. I know. And I'm excited to see, like, what she wears, because she always just looks so great at yeah. award shows, like, <laughs> slash ever, so... Um, going into the future with Taylor Swift, I feel like, um, I think she said that she doesn't want to create another album like 1989, like she did like the whole pop experience. Do you guys like have any speculation on what she's going to be doing next? Like, do you think it'll still be pop or like she'll go into a different direction? Um, I had a few predictions on this a little bit ago. I said, I feel like this next era, her hair will be darker. And I feel like she's growing it. She changes her hair for every era. Um, <laughs> and I feel like she might go with still the pop sound, but maybe more rocky. Like it, you said that you saw the 1989 tour video. Sort of like the We Are Never feel. Yeah, yeah. That that sort of feel, which I w- would love. Mm-hmm. Um, or I think I think it's too early for this, but I think at some point she'll go completely acoustic. Like, I'm not sure if you've seen the videos she's been releasing from the Grammy Museum, but they're widely acclaimed, and I think maybe she'll realize that she needs to do something acoustic. Um, so that's my hope. Someday. I don't know that it will be anytime soon, but... I, w- I was actually just thinking more about that tonight and listening to those performances, and like you said, it might be too soon because I feel like that's something... I feel like that would be a really big card for her to play. I feel like she might be saving that one, but I also could see her just doing it. So I don't know. And I think she's at a point where people will look to her at whatever she does. You know, she's going to do well. Right. I mean, you really never know with Taylor what she's going to do. But I do kind of agree with Steph that um, I feel like she might stick with pop. But a different spin on it, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think she could go more acoustic if she ever wanted to maybe go back to sort of a country sound. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, but country is sort of in such a weird landscape right now. I don't see her going back to it anytime soon. It's just, it's so different right now from when she started. Yeah, I feel like it also is more popish now. So it's, I don't know, I think country is sort of like evolving into like, country slash pop slash i don't know doesn't seem like it's there's a lot of blending of genres yeah that's true yeah 
Like you look at the X's and O songs, that's very rocky and country. What yeah, is that one? or like folksy. I don't know. We're really <laughs> bad with genres. So. <laughs> we are. <laughs> we were wondering what your favorite guest collaboration on the 1989 tour was, because I thought that was like so cool that she had like so many different guests, and um, yeah, we were wondering what your favorite was. Wow, you guys have really good questions. <laughs> Ones that are impossible to answer. <laughs> um. We've talked a lot about this on other episodes, too, and I feel mm. like a lot of us really liked, obviously, Justin Timberlake mm. and Mick Jagger is, was huge. Okay. Um, uh, I, got, I got to see Lord, which was crazy. Oh, my God. Yeah. I love Lord so much. They were all just so good. And based on the live version on Apple, the Wiz Khalifa one looked amazing. I really wish we had a full video of that. I would say that one would have to be my favorite because it surprised me so much. I just feel like it's so awesome that she had like all these like different people in different genres, like people you would never expect to see on stage with Taylor Swift mm -hmm. and like, and they just came away and like really respected her. Like, I don't know. I would never think to like, uh, Wiz Khalifa and Taylor Swift to be like on stage singing together. And that was just like awesome to see. Did you guys have a favorite guest performance? Um, I am very partial to Little Mix. <laughs> um and i thought that was really cool that she brought them on i never expected that so yeah that was, was awesome. just like yeah and like also they're so tiny and like she's so tall and it was just like so <laughs> funny to like see so yeah i thought that was cute and like i feel like i just go for the artists i like like i love walk the moon so um, like that oh, yeah. one but i mean obviously like i haven't heard them so it's like you know it's, yeah it's i i like is there any possibility of her ever like releasing the footage of all the different collaborations like, that would be incredible. Yeah, See, everybody wants this. <laughs> but we felt that when she was promoting the video, we were sure that she was going to release footage of all the guest performances. So we were a little bit disappointed that it was just clips. But then she ended up releasing the full video of Doubt with Mary J. Blige. And so I don't know. I feel like it's sort of a possibility. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they have them. So, like... It would be sort of a wasted opportunity not to do something with them, you know? Maybe they're figuring out what they're going to do. I don't know. Yeah, it's like, I, yeah. people can't always afford to go to the shows or, like, have a job in the summer and can't go. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And also, I feel like that'd be a good thing to do to, like, tie it over the fans or, like, just as, like, you know, a treat for the fandom, like, while they're waiting for the next album. I think that'd be, like, a really cool thing to do. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I know that... One Direction doesn't really bring out guests at their shows as much, but is there someone that you'd love to see them perform with in the future? Ooh. We've talked about a lot of different collaborations that we'd love to see. I mean, again, it's like, I love Ed Sheeran, so yeah. it'd be great to see them do something with Ed Sheeran um, on that stage. I know awesome. a long time ago they brought Ed Sheeran out on the stage, like way back in Wasn't Take Me Home like... Era or something, oh. when they sung um, Little Things. Yeah, oh, wow. but That was like, so long ago so like having him again um or someone like completely random i remember when they had um ronnie wood from um mm -hmm. the rolling stones on. like they that was awesome so maybe some like iconic people from like the rolling stones or something maybe mm -hmm. i don't know or just like iconic like older bands or or um what's his name wow this is terrible i'm sorry my dad's gonna be really pissed at me um paul mccartney <laughs> i just completely <laughs> forgot his name um i feel like that'd be really cool too yeah. so yeah i don't know i just feel like there's so many different opportunities for like different people but like i don't know i i there's just an endless opportunity i yeah. guess endless supply 
So in terms of Taylor being sort of, especially with the 1989 era, um, being this really big like icon, feminist icon, and also role model for a lot of young people and young women, especially, I'd say. How do you guys feel about like what she's doing in terms of that? And like, I don't know. I, I mean, I think it's awesome, <laughs> but like, how do you guys think of that whole sort of image that she's putting together and or, or that she is, you know, that icon? I think it's awesome. For me, I work in a profession that's dominated by men and like, very very dominated by men and for me she's just instilled so much confidence in me in myself as i'm interviewing for jobs and just even working in the profession um it's been a huge confidence booster for me just to think about the things that she's saying and to realize oh yeah this is this is a problem um so i'm really glad she used to be completely against talking about feminism and she didn't even really understand what it was. So it's cool that she has studied up on it and is a voice now for people. Yeah, I mean, I think she's always reflected those types of opinions. But like Steph said, didn't necessarily say I'm a feminist. And I think one of the really interesting things that happened from the Red Era to 1989 was obviously she's been well aware for years that everyone loves to talk about who she's dating, but she's sort of took that narrative and took control of it and turned it a different way so now people are i mean of course still always going to talk about that but now they're more talking about look at all her friends look at all the people she's brought on stage like look at all the artists she's supported and all the great things that she's done to support women and everything like that so i think that's one of the most important things that she's done the funny thing is even before she became outspoken as a feminist we would do episodes where there were all these articles where people would bash her about how she refused to be called a feminist and we would say she actually always has been a feminist she's out there doing her own thing she's writing her own song she's paving the way for other artists female artists to enter the scene so i feel like she's really just always been a feminist she just didn't fully understand yeah, and I think that's what a lot of people, like, they're coming to realize, oh, this is what feminism is, you yeah. know? Like, even me, like, not that I didn't say I was a feminist, but I just didn't know what it was until, like, you know, a couple years ago. So, it's definitely, I think people are becoming more knowledgeable, knowledgeable about it in general, which, and that, that includes, like, celebrities and artists and famous people. Yeah, so. it's really cool to see, like, celebrities, like, really understanding what it is and what it means and not being so hesitant to talk about it because I think it's it's so important to talk about um and especially like Taylor Swift she's like such a powerful voice to like be using the word feminism is just like mind-blowing and like really important within itself mm -hmm. um because so many like people stay like stay away from that word as if it was like a bad word to say so it's just like really cool that she's like even using the word because that is definitely important yeah, I think I completely agree. The the word itself used to be so negative. Yeah. It just had because people just didn't understand it. So it's cool to see how the times have changed just within the past couple of years. So also in this, the Taylor Swift fandom, I know there's a ton of stuff that goes on in the One Direction fandom where um, different fans are supporting each other and working together to put together awesome projects or just like the whole, you know, making friends or someone says something where they're down on themselves about we recently had a had a listener on our show where she made 
a comment about how people, I mean, how she didn't like the sound of her voice on our podcast and everyone was like, no, you sound great. Like just like simple support like that. Do you guys find a lot of that in the Taylor Swift fandom? Yeah, I think so. I think the cool thing about Taylor's fans are we sort of support each other. One time Taylor had this acceptance speech and she said that she really likes the fans because they're not threatening to light people on fire and something like that. And everybody's just really nice to each other. So it's just crazy the number of people you get to meet just through having a common interest like Taylor or One Direction. And it's just crazy how your life changes based on people you meet. Um, and what an influence people you wouldn't have otherwise known can have on your life. And are there there are projects? I know with the One Direction fandom, have you guys heard about the No Control project before? No. No. So this project was No Control is a song on their album four, where it was it became a fan favorite pretty quickly. Uh everyone was everyone in the fandom was talking about it and really loved the song. Um and this happened right after Zane left, where there had been some commentary going back and forth with this other guy um, talking about Louis's voice and how it wasn't really good. And the fans came together um, and and started this project called the No Control Project. And No Control is one of like the few songs that Louis has the chorus on, so his voice is like a really strong um, like sound in the whole song. And they decided that the fans were going to release the song as a single like without like without help of the boys so like tons of fans wrote into uh or, i mean called into radio stations and articles were written about this and like we got huge attention in like the media and it was all like fan driven and you know we helped release this song as a single and get it to play on the radios uh which was really cool and like the boys took notice of it louis was really like appreciative of it i know um james when the boys went on james corden's late late show they talked about it and it was like this whole like fan put together project, um, which just showed uh, how amazing and the fandom can be and how amazing like young people can be when they come together. Um, but do you see that type of, uh, you know, fan driven projects? I know there's a lot of charities put up for different things, like Taylor Swift related. Like how, what do you see in, in the Taylor Swift fandom that's like that? God, now I feel like we need to do something better. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. That is such an awesome story. Uh, wow. For me, what comes to mind, though, in relation to Taylor is the fans went on a really large campaign for Taylor to sing all too well at the Grammys. And Taylor took notice of it and ended up singing it. And then the other thing is, a lot of times, people, specifically children who are sick, who really want to meet Taylor, we band together and make things trend on social media so that Taylor will meet people. The latest example was a little girl named Delaney in Colorado. And Taylor actually noticed on social media that we were trending this all over the place. And she went to Delaney's house and actually spent the day with her. And I feel like we have a very high success rate. Like whenever one of those stories comes out, I feel like we get Taylor to notice within a couple weeks usually. I definitely feel like she does a lot of um, those kind of things. I, um, I know, I think it was last year when she did like the Swiftmas thing and like sent fans like presents and stuff. I thought that was just like awesome. She just like has very different like creative ways of like interacting with fans in that way. And I don't know, just like very different from other celebrities. It's very it's, personable. Yeah, like, it's she'll so go personal. and like find out 
exactly like what the person's into and like tailor their gifts ha tailor, <laughs> their, gifts. <laughs> tailor their gifts to what they like you know and i don't know just so yeah, cool it's really cool yeah she's amazing and i i've kind of noticed that i pay attention to a lot of artists a trend of more artists trying to find creative ways to engage with their fans like for example i just saw this on instagram hunter hayes who's a country singer selected a few fans on instagram and sang them a personalized christmas carol and dm oh my god yeah and i feel like i mean i'm not saying he got the idea from taylor or anything but i feel like that's starting to become the new standard of how artists can show appreciation to their fans and i think that's one of the best things that taylor has done Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she really definitely and even if you're not a fan who got a gift looking at that like, you know, looking at it as a as a viewer online or on Tumblr, you're like, "Wow, you know, she really cares." Yeah. Um, which is cool. Well, thanks so much again for talking to us. This has been awesome. I feel like I've gotten really educated. <laughs> yeah, I love talking to people in other fandoms too yeah. cuz I feel like there's so much overlap between what we do, you know. And and I think Karen and I are very much a part of the Taylor Swift fandom as yeah, well. <laughs> as you probably noticed, we're we're quite fans of her music, so it's cool to talk to people who run a podcast who are even, you know, more involved. Yeah. Well, we definitely should talk again when award shows and things like that roll around. I'm sure we'll have yeah. a lot. Yeah, definitely. And if you guys want to follow the Talk Direction podcast, their Twitter is at talk underscore direction. And they're on iTunes as well, just like we are. And yeah, you should definitely follow them. I'm sure that a lot of you guys probably listen to One Direction. So they have a lot of awesome content for you to check out. Yeah, we're we're Talk Direction on um, most things, Gmail, Tumblr, um, but it's talk underscore direction on Twitter. Awesome. Well, thanks again, guys. And I'm sure we'll be talking to you soon. Thank yeah, you. thank you. Bye. Well, before we go today, just a few quick reminders. Please press the subscribe button on iTunes, and it will download the latest episode for you automatically. There are a bunch of ways to keep in contact with us. You can tweet us at SwiftCast13. You can visit us on Tumblr, swiftcast13.tumblr.com, instagram.com slash theswiftcast13, facebook.com slash theswiftcast, You can email us, theswiftcast13 at gmail.com. And of course, you can always visit our website, which is swiftcast13.com. So to wrap up today, what do you think Taylor will do next week? She's been going to the gym a lot, which we keep saying on other episodes that we don't really think it's a gym. Maybe it's just our hopeful selves saying it's not a gym, but I think it's maybe a recording studio. I think she's going to keep going to the gym quote unquote if you really think about it you honestly never see her come out of what's a known recording studio ever no one time she did when she was with Haim last year that's the only time I can remember recently so she has to be doing these albums somewhere so that means that it's always hidden and that means it's possible it is but to contradict your point Steph which this isn't this doesn't mean anything for certain but For example, I think it was today's photos, she was with Martha Hunt. So I would assume they were actually at a gym, unless maybe Martha was just hanging out at a recording studio with her. Yeah, it's really hard to say. I'm sure sometimes she's working out. But I just always remember when she left the gym, quote unquote, in New York, and she had her hair styled a certain way. And then months later, when the United Kingdom Vogue article came out, 
we put two and two together and realized that day when she was at the gym, she actually was shooting her photo shoot for Vogue. So it's just, it's really interesting. I like that she can keep these things secret. I hope she continues to do so because she deserves her privacy and people don't need to know what she's doing. It's just fun to think about what she could be doing. Well, I think this week, Taylor will finally give us some type of behind the scenes of the Out of the Woods music video. I hope so. Either a short YouTube video or maybe just an Instagram post with a picture or a couple second video or something that gives us a a sneak peek at their filming in New Zealand. Well, thank you guys for listening. This has been episode 139 of SwiftCast. Signing off for this week, this is Adam. Ashley. And stuff. And we will see you next week. Bye. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. SwiftCast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management.